Hello and welcome to What We Are Watching. I'm Catherine. I'm Liz. I'm Ed. And John. Okay, so I'm going to throw out that John and I sort of watched Slow Horses together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, sort of is almost not true. Okay, so Eric and I started this show, Slow Horses, with Gary Oldman on Ooh. Apple TV+. Plus. And this is a sequel to BoJack Horseman, right? Uh, no. no I cannot even believe you. They are not related. <laughs> That's animated. This is like Gary Oldman, one of our elders of the acting thespian society. A true oh my no, this genius. Is a, it's from All the Pretty Horses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. wow. oh, oh It's a horse whisperer. Sequel, or was right? it War Horse? Oh, yeah. God. yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I don't know. I do love a horse genre. I mean, what are we? Come on. It's, yeah, it, there weren't. Okay. Spoiler. Horse Girl was pretty good. You know, when this, um, this oh show God. eventually gets canceled, they can just recycle it as glue. Oh, oh my yeah. God. We did talk about gelatin on our other podcast. They're just going to take it out to pasture. Uh, now, let's just. Co- okay. Okay, spoiler. There's no actual horses in this. Sorry. What? Are you I serious? Okay. Sorry. Do you think that's where Knoxville comes from? Knox Blocks, Knoxville? Actually, sadly. Oh my Gelatin. God, why did you even... Ed, you're relating it to a podcast that we do, Family Dynamics, where we talked about Knox Blocks. And a Jello cake. And I think gelatin, John, is investigating its original origin, I think, Isn't it like was in some sort of... or something? Oh God! I, I don't even want to... What did our mother feed us? Well, it's a if known thing. If it doesn't thing. gel, it's not aspic. Uh, okay. I don't All right, it's British. only from Psycho. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I don't know Wait. that line. All right. Was it Dad's line? I don't know what that. No, I know Dad's line. Let <laughs> Catherine. Okay, sorry. You're watching Slow Horses. Slow this horses. This episode is a slow horse so far. No, so far this is a, 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 a lame out of horse. control horse. A lame horse. <laughs> He's like really running <laughs> and no direction. Wild horses, if you. Will. Oh my yeah. god! Oh, I have oh my wild god. stallions. Let's talk about Bill and Ted. I'm just kidding. I have a oh fabulous story I will tell on our Family Dynamics podcast about a wild horse at a summer camp Ooh. with Rosie and I. But can we <laughs> get me back on? In track. the meantime, track in the meantime. Gary Horseman. Did we get the track? Gary Horseman? Is that it? <sighs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, so Eric, I don't even know how he heard about it because I was not paying attention. I hadn't seen any right. promotion for it. He I gets didn't. alerts on Gary Oldman. Uh, well, I don't think he's following Gary Oldman. Yeah, like he doesn't have he a Google alert on monthly him. Monthly Gary Oldman newsletter. Mm. So every once in a while, Eric will just be like, oh, we should watch this show. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about that? I'm like, uh, slow horses. No, I don't know anything about it. He's like, well, we have Apple TV Plus. We don't watch enough on it. Let's watch it. I'm like, okay. Let's get that value. Mm-hmm. So we start, and I think we watched one episode, loved it. It's a dark, set in England. There's the MI5 and then like all the rejects. M5, I, mean, I, I always actually. love M5 because of MI5. James, MI5. MI5. Now, did I say MI5? James? I hope I did. I don't know. Okay. I'm, MI5 agents. I'm behind. Okay. But I do like that because isn't that typically the reference in James Bond? I don't know. I have to look it up. The whole thing is ridiculous because, you know, since we're not British, we don't understand, not the joke, but like, oh. Th- it's sort th- of like their CIA, right? Or their FBI. Yes. One but of those. The whole thing started like. These don't even exist. It only goes to MI4. You're talking about something that's not in existence because <laughs> oh, no. it's so secret. Well, there's a, there's uh, another series called MI6. Oh, so geez. yeah, no, they they, they MI12, into, yeah, MI37. So it'd be like, oh, it'd be like if we had the CIA and the CIB. 
Oh, and then God. they came up with a CIC, and you're like, yeah, 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 we got that. We understand. All that right, though. all right. Okay, so basically... The you, misfits. Yes, the misfits or the slow horses. They are the sucky oh. agents, and they've all been, like, demoted to this, like, I think it's Slough House or something is the name of it. And so it's, like, a very interesting motley crew of, like not great agents but you don't exactly know why when it first starts and you're mainly following this very handsome young agent john knew him from somewhere else i didn't know him at all chris riley um no wait that's not jack loden jack loden (laughs) (laughs) just just slightly off oh because imdb is not putting him oh he is a babe he's a babe What's his name again? Where is John? Oh, Chris here? Riley. Yeah, he's a he's a mean dude. You're, oh, he's the oh he's crazy. that oh yeah I know who he was now. Seriously, where is he on this IMDb page? I'm River. Where's River? Where's R- his name was River, which yeah. I don't love. That's not perfect. That your opinion on that doesn't matter. But I mean, seriously, is he not on here? Where is this he? This is a good cast. Oh, thank you, uh, Jack Loden. Thank you. Okay. Ed had to point it out. I literally could not freaking see it okay anyway he's got a mustache so clearly in the in the well, show he I doesn't know as we've discussed before sometimes imdb these little pictures are terrible and right. don't look like the person enough that when you're scanning across you can even recognize who they are anyway he was great this character river cartwright he's our main guy that we're following um i'm gonna i'm prepared to do other off-topic things uh james bond is mi6 because it's oh. even more secretive and like un not non-existent. <laughs> so we're talking about MI5, which is already somewhat mm, okay. extra secret. Okay, but, all got right, it. So got Jack it. Loden as River, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to do like a whole lot of spoilery things, but it was very good. And I mentioned it to John. I was like, oh, are you watching Slow Horses? And he's like, what's that? And I was like, it's right up your alley because it's England. And, you know, because you've talked about the bodyguard before. It feels like kind of in that vein. And spy and action. So Yeah, yes. spy and action and all that. And we're not talking about the bodyguard with Whitney Houston. No, we're no, no. We're talking no. about we're the talking, series. Yeah, because actually the John series. came... Uh, it was when Bodyguard was out, so it was a few years ago, you came into the office and you were telling me what you were watching and he told me you're watching Bodyguard and I did not know there was a series and I was yeah. looking at him like, you're watching the Whitney Houston movie? And I go what? about like a bodyguard that's protecting like a starlet or it's like, you're, what are you? T- yeah. So it's not that one that we all grew up with. No. No, 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 no. The English... Younger, cooler. Series or it might have been like a limited series. Yes, that was a series. Okay, so Kristen Scott Thomas plays a high-powered agent or, you know, director or something like that. She's second desk. Catherine. Second desk, which is a term that we all use here. Second desk. Yeah, first desk is apparently the actual head of the agency. And then second desk is commonly apparently head of, uh, you know, actual you know, whatever, in-process Operations thing. or Operations, something. yeah, mm-hmm. that's the word I was searching for. So, Kristen is very important. Gary Oldman, going back to him, because he is one of my favorites. He's amazing. He's kind of, his character's super gross, but it's oh. very fun. Okay. Like, he's very much, like, in charge of all of the losers, and he himself is like, that's fine, and I'm also a loser, and I don't care about anything, and everyone can just F off. Oh. So That is the character. That like, Certain parts of that 
turn out not to be true. Mm. Well, okay. Like, don't tell people what's going to All right. I didn't Twist. say what. Jeez, okay. I'm just giving you some hope. <laughs> Turn, turns out Mandy Patinkin is actually a little bit nice in Homeland. Yeah, 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 wrong show. No, but he's right. You know, you, you don't want He seems it. like a real jerk at the top. Saul. They're like, oh, Saul. Oh, they're both real nasty guys. And the other guy, who's the other guy? Um, oh. Um, Dara Dahl. <laughs> Dara but That comes in later. Yeah, wait. Uh, who, what's that actor's name? Oh, shoot. Is it F. Murray Abraham? Tompkin? Abraham, there you go. F. Murray Abraham, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're way off topic, but those are some okay. real no, serious we're never characters gonna get that turn out to be, you know. No, but Homeland is like, <laughs> like a, is a, is a, a good very connection. Spy, yeah. spy level connection. So, I think it's 12 episodes. <laughs> it's just the way you said, like, F. Murray Abraham. Like, it almost said, like, F. him. <laughs> so I was laughing. But his name is F. Murray Abraham. Just the way it broke up was very, like stagnated in a way that was not good okay so gary oldman is almost playing sort of a saul so so multi-dimensional uh, i mean not, not really not a saul he's playing a real incredible schlump gross person Ooh. so it's kind of a new gary oldman in yeah. some ways now look there was just a press release where he said that this will probably be his retirement what yeah they shot apparently concurrently two seasons or back to back or back to back like continuous yeah concurrently would be at the same time that doesn't make sense but yes so back to back they shot and i think was it only six so it's saying here that it's 12 but i think that's because they have shot the second season so it will become available soon and i don't know if this was out earlier in england and now we're just getting it because it hasn't been available to us very long but no it's just apple tv straight up Gotcha. Um, initially, Apple TV does like to do the um, not everything all at once format. Right, right, so right. Eric and I watched the... No, fr- they did that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh my gosh, you're the worst. <laughs> so we watched a couple episodes and then got John involved and then accidentally watched like two more. So then we we're like, quick, John, catch up. And then, well, you were saying catch up to begin with, but yeah. Yes. And I want to hear this version of the story. Continue. And then, did you come over and we watched the two episodes? The, uh, the yeah, last so we were two. like, we might be ready to finish this. Do you want to do that? And I was like, sure. Now, in actuality, what I had done, uh, I had stayed caught up. So I had seen all five that had previously been available. You so son I of had a to bitch. Go back and watch one with you, and then we watched the finale. Oh, you did not divulge that at the time. You can't, because then we would have still been off, and we wouldn't have done it. And yeah, that's We would have just never watched any. Well, of it on top of he's he's trying to stay ahead of the insanity that you're bringing to the table, which is oh, we watched two more catch up, trying so, to get ahead yeah. of me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Gary Oldman is announcing his retirement. So that's what he said. That this is probably going to be the last. I don't know if he said the last show, but he did use the word retirement. This may be the last thing that he does. I know. He's only 64. I mean, that is not. That's he could. I'm do not this a allowing lot this. Yeah, I know. No. Well, apparently, it's on the horizon. On the, the horizon, his retirement. retirement. I see. Mm. Oh. No, the clouds. What are you talking about? <laughs> God, that seems insane. Well, he's really good in this. I mean, he's super yucky, but it's very fun. So, I mean, I hope this isn't the last thing that we get from him. John, does it say when we get season two or is that? No, at some point when I, you know, because as soon it's funny. Once you are, oh, we finished it. Wait a minute. What's the deal with the future? It's we like, want more. They haven't told you. Um, it's supposedly later this year. So we'll see if that is true. All right. Well, I mean, that would be great because six episodes, they're hour-ish. They go pretty quick, though, and then you want more immediately. 
And definitely this Jack Loden fellow. I was like, oh. who? And you, John, you were saying that you knew him from other things. And I was like, I missed all of these things that he was in. Yeah, you, yes, you did. Um, he had a big year, uh, sort of 2017, 2018. He was in Dunkirk and then Mary Queen of Scots. Apparently, um, didn't watch either of those. Yeah, you're bad. Uh, then he was in that interesting WWE movie, Fighting With My Family. Right. Um, and then he's he's done other things as well. Uh, he was apparently really well known for a miniseries they did in 2016, War and Peace. Oh, all right. I mean, literally all of those didn't see him. So for me, he was like a complete fresh face, and he was very good. Well, even Dunkirk, I don't even remember what he was in Dunkirk. Mm. Mary Queen of Scots, he's not a major character exactly, but he's an important character you're paying attention to. But this is way more than... I've ever seen him in something. Got it. So the only other person, everyone was very good, but I do want to call out just because it's a funny connection. This one actor, Dustin Demery Burns. So John and I watched a show called Sick Note, which uh, mm. it was very funny. Oh my gosh, I have to look it up really quick because I wasn't actually going to talk about it, which is so dumb. Sick Note. Ron is in it. That's that's all you need to know. So it's on Netflix, and it's uh, Ron from... Ronald Weasley. <laughs> Ron. <laughs> Rupert Grint. Ron from Harry Potter. Okay. And Ronald Weasley. And Nick Frost playing a ridiculous doctor, just mess. Don Johnson was in the first season. Lindsay Lohan was in the second season. But anyway, this guy who was in Slow Horses, I knew him from Sick Note, but this was a very different tone because he plays a ridiculous character in Sick Note. But in this, he's kind of, he's, you know. Well, he's just a real person in this one and, and not playing, you know, someone you're like, oh, you're ridiculous and I probably hate you. Yeah, this was a little bit closer to, like, you know, real. and But still very goofy and in that, you know, he's a slow horse. He's kind of a fuck-up and not a great agent. And he's in this crappy job. Anyway, so he was the only other person that, besides Gary Oldman that I recognized. And Kristen Scott Thomas, obviously, too. Well, we also had Olivia Cook in a sort of... Uh, she was uh, the female agent at the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. Who's from mm -hmm. Ready Player One and so many things. Yes. That. Yeah. We, um, we'll see what happens with her. But yeah, she was in there. And most importantly, you're forgetting... What? Theme song, original song oh. by Mick Jagger. Oh, uh, I did mm. not know that. I told you that. that. What? When? What? I don't believe you. All right. Well, anyway. Okay. So then that was Slow Horses. And then I decided, uh-oh, do I need to stay and do some more spy stuff? So then I watched... All the Old Knives, the new movie with Chris Pine. Oh. I, I mean, is that with Tandy Newton? Yes. Oh, um, right. Okay. And uh, it was good, but it was not... It's like espionage. Yeah. So it was kind of a slow burn. Who there. to trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looked really nice. I liked how it looked. Well, they're both so unattractive. Yeah. I mean, there was a long cutting back and forth to the scene in a restaurant. So they were in this restaurant for like two thirds of the movie. Oh, my gosh. You know, intercut with action and other behind the scenes stuff. Anyway, so it was, it was just funny that I was like, oh, I guess I need to do another spy related thing. So anyway, that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Wait, what is this on? That was on Amazon Prime. It is. All the Old Knives is on Amazon Prime. Okay. So you went from All the Old Spies to All the Old Knives. <laughs> Got it. All right. Okay. I think I'll pick it up from there. Um, in a classic uh, 
the four of us not always watching something brand brand new i thought it was fun it was fine to bring this up i still haven't finished the uh entire series because i'm saver watching it and there's limited run of Shit's creek uh, but oh. i just rewatched the end of season four because i was about halfway through season five i'm like ah, eh, i don't know where i'm at just finish up season four again get the motor running and it was the uh the christmas episode merry christmas johnny rose oh right which was a great throwback episode to when they were rich and you could see all their the level that they the were Christmas at party and how they yeah. all treated each other which they they reference in that show so much how their interactions are like this is the old way that we used to interact when we could afford to interact this way. <laughs> now we can't um so it was a really uh it's a great episode for the entire series because it's a really good culmination of all of the characters kind of growing the son has his store and his boyfriend at that point the daughter's making her moves with her career and relationships however many moves she needs to make and i don't know where they go because i haven't finished the series but uh it's just a really enjoyable experience all the way plus now i know what i'm getting in season five when she gets hired for the crowing, the crowination oh, the oh my god <laughs> yeah we just i've been re-watching it because um i watched it the first time i think with mark my husband mm -hmm. and then ethan would come in sometimes and i didn't feel like it was inappropriate but he was i think 11 at the time or 12 i don't i don't know it just it was like one of those things we didn't watch with him and now we're watching it with him it's like one of those things we'll watch you know it's a quick half hour or, so we're slowly getting through it and he loves moira he thinks i am like moira <laughs> oh, you don't have enough wigs you need I don't so, have enough wigs i mean and i occasionally the... wear color so there's everyone just gonna come in here and stare at your wig wall that oh. wouldn't be such a bad Christmas, would it? Oh my God, yeah. that accent that is like, what is happening? And it holds happening? up, even the second time through. It is just Love as it. enjoyable. If anything, you find Even more, because more. if you watch Moira in the background, she is always acting. She oh. is still on all the time. Well, there's, she should be. Yeah, there's she just a moment it, where yeah. someone was like drinking a glass of wine and things weren't going perfectly. And then <laughs> in the background, uh, Catherine O'Hara turns and just like reaches out for the glass. Oh, thank you. As if it was poured for her. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's you. brilliant. Very stressed. <laughs> oh my God, she's and amazing. And her wardrobe gets more and more insane. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, I fully know what I'm getting into with season five and six. But yeah, it's I was like, great. I really, you know what? I don't mind going back to visit where, you, this. where is it playing now? Uh, right now, it's on Netflix still. Okay, um, that must be where I'm watching it. Because I think I watched it on its original platform, which was Pop. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it was CTV, Canada mm -hmm. TV. Then it started to air here on Pop. The streaming, I think, really is what made it catch on. Yeah, kind of broke it open yeah. to a bigger audience. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the father and the creator, and the brother, David. and the whole friggin' Levies. There's so many of them in there, and it really tripped me up when I was watching this through the first time in the past year because I took a long time to get onto the series. That not the daughter, but the runner of the diner is yeah, another lady i'm like what why didn't you cast yourself as the never mind it's all good works great i'm not complaining <laughs> yeah that's david's sister in real life mm -hmm. yeah uh -huh. sarah levy yep yeah and uh in general just i knew that the show would be a good visit uh like a good place and so i'll be off and running and i'll catch back up with you guys when i finish the series love it anybody else have a uh, shits creek things they need to talk about all right. No. Passing the baton. I agree. Either rewatch it or start watching it. Yeah, it's a very fun show for sure. 
Oh, you want me to go, Liz? Yes, you go. Oh, you need to do the end. Oh, no, okay. I'll do the end. Did, yeah. I do the, did I do the end last time? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Enough out of you. Fine, mm-hmm. I'll go. Whatever. Okay. All right, so I watched... Um, it might be sort of hard to pay attention, uh, but it was a movie, Petite Maman, French movie. Mm. Um, so it was sort of, you know, second-tier awards contender for the American audience. Um so I don't know. They really got a theatrical run because it's getting a theatrical run now. Uh, so it was nominated for certain things like Independent Spirit Awards. It was nominated for Best International. And even uh, in, you know, National Society of Film Critics, it got, you know, as one of the best films of the year. But uh, didn't quite break through in the 2021 race. Um, is it dubbed? I mean, is it in French? And yeah, it's in French. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, and I don't do dubs. I'm not Catherine. You can um, love a dub. Friends. I'm nope, so you're, happy you're for a really, dub. Really, really bad. Don't do that. Oh, wait um, till I tell you all of the dub series that I've been watching. Nope, don't need to know because you're not doing it right. It's um, the best. One so, time, Big Bug was an awesome dub. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're also wrong. So anyway, um, it was interesting. You know, you see the preview and it's supposed to be amazing, and you're like, okay, because it's also from this director, uh, Celine Shima, or I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. But she had that movie in 2019, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, Ooh. sure. Sarah, well, my daughter, was a big fan of that movie. Uh, yeah. And didn't you see it with Eric? Like, you guys went and saw well, it together. Well, he loves a period piece. He loves a period piece. Yeah. My husband. What? Oh, my God. Eric, my husband, is hysterical. He loves a period movie. I mean, I... Wow. Dangerous Liaisons is his all-time favorite movie, which is ridiculous. So, he, mm. <laughs> John and eric will go and see movies and you know they see action movies and whatever and this one day they had gone out on like a sunday afternoon and came back and i'm like oh what'd you see and he says uh portrait of a woman on fire i was like what (laughs) we thought it was one of the girl with the dragon tattoo movies but we were wrong (laughs) we didn't think that no he knew exactly what it was for sure yeah, Sarah loved it as well. So, sorry. Go ahead. That's the same director? Interesting. Same director, yeah. Who both wrote and directed both of these. Um, I will say, you know, there is a well, little... Sorry Go to ahead. interrupt. Portrait of a Woman on Fire. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's in English, right? Or no? Is it... Well, we can find out. I'm not sure. I you feel don't like it was... Recall. I mean, it's set in France. Um, oh, then maybe... I never tracked that it was... Language French. Sorry. Wow, I never even paid attention Such to that. Such a good dub, but fooled you. <laughs> no, it obviously was not dub, but people who can read don't have a problem with that. <laughs> a dyslexic person, it's like, oh, God, this is a big decision if I'm going to try and track a movie that I have to read. Because I literally can't watch the movie. I'm staring at the words the whole time trying to decipher them. You need, like, an audiobook for the movie. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> or sometimes when John comes over and he watches TV with us, he will just read whatever well, is on screen. It, uh, You know, it's one of those evolutions. Uh, that's only been the last couple years because I didn't quite know that that was as hard or, you know, would be helpful or you would want just me randomly talking these lines. So. I do. It's so helpful. Uh, Eric tries Impromptu to do it, too. VO. But <laughs> we were watching, sorry, this is a side note. We were watching Tokyo Vice, and he was like, oh, my God, this is so much reading. I'm like, you don't, you don't have to read it. It's okay. And I would only catch, like, more than half, but it, that's enough, so I know what's going on. But he was just like, this is hard. Didn't we do Crazy Rich Asians? Because um, really, the subtitles, for me, aren't so bad. It's when there's all of a sudden, like, 
kind of like a page of text or i feel like i remember there was that one like the text group conversation that's blowing up all over the world and it was like (laughs) wow this is a lot of things that i'm trying to say well i mean basically (laughs) if i'm watching something by myself i'll just pause it i will just pause it and i will read for subtitles or for any i mean it ruins the whole flow of a movie we did that and i'm glad that you don't remember (laughs) so bad (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry oh my gosh that was a whole tangent on Anyway, all of that is true. Um, So this is maybe her fifth, like, major movie that she's made, uh, written and directed. Um, All received very well. This one, I think none of... Portrait of a Lady on Fire was maybe the only period piece. This is, again, more contemporary. Mm -hmm. Um, You do get an idea from the preview that it is a weird, like, sci-fi angle. um, Because it's a trip. Um, And, well, I'll say this first, and then I'll come back around. But similar to A Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I didn't like it as much as I wanted it to. It is still very good. But anyway, so what happens is, uh, so you're you're kind of following it through the eyes of this, like, eight-year-old. And her grandmother has just died. Mm-hmm. So they're going back with her mom and her dad to the grandmother's house to, like clean it up or you know clear it up i think they keep saying but then the mom is she's pretty upset also the the child the granddaughter is also upset you know um but so then the mom like leaves the next day and so it leaves like the dad and the girl young girl to just continue to clear it up by themselves deal with the house yes so then what ends up happening this is where the sci-fi or whatever um comes in the little girl goes out to play and then meets another little girl and then they go back to her house and it's the same house and it's her mom as a little girl, oh. as an eight-year-old. So then her grandmother what? is there as a younger woman. So there's time travel. So it's a time travel. and so There's time travel in them, their woods. I guess. Yeah. And so the two little girls are played by twins. They are incredible. Josephine and Gabrielle Sands, I think is oh, how I would say it. Nice. Um, and I mean, you know, they're twins enough to where, like... It's weird. They don't seem identical, but they seem incredibly close. So it really works well for this. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, of course, that's your mother. That's you. You look like you. There's two of you. <laughs> but then they're like, you know, sort of. There's like subtle cues to the time differences. You know, uh, which are it's so it's it's very fun. But it also uh, so then you know you're S- sorry subtle subtle cues like one girl has a cell phone, one doesn't. <laughs> Uh, not quite. It's actually, that's a challenging thing because uh, I feel like they're doing it right now. They do almost a Walkman at some point, but you don't actually see the device. <laughs> you just see the headphones. But otherwise, it's like the cars that you see are very contemporary. So you're like, okay, well, if she's eight, and I think they talk, I've, I've now forgotten, but um, they say the mother's age, and it's like, I think she had her at 23 or something, like super young. And so you're like, so we're talking of when she was eight. You're like, this is still like 2000. Yeah, this is not even that long. Ago. Maybe this was the multiverse. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh. But uh, I mean, obviously, whatever. It's, so, it's, no, this was one thing, one time, just this once. But as opposed to everything all together, all at once. No, I'm not. That doing. was good. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not quite real because there's time travel. But they're not. They didn't do that kind of thing. Um, mm. It's incredible because what they're doing with these two little girls, and then you don't really see the mom the middle generation again until the end she kind of stays away which in a way makes sense for this fantasy sci-fi angle they're really not giving it to on a silver platter you are having to like figure out what the emotions are what the story is you know why you know this person is doing this or this person is doing that and then at the end they do the tiniest bow you could ever imagine to try to wrap that up i was expect like from the preview i swear i feel like it was like multiple shots I it, it didn't seem that way then when I watched the movie. It was like, oh wow, that was way less than I was expecting. Mm. Um, 
but not a, a scary like you know horror ending. No, okay, no, not a hundred percent getting that vibe from. Oh, we're going to our <laughs> grandmother's house, and there's going to be twin kids just cleaning Ew. up the old house. No, that's Bye. unnecessary <laughs> reference. Uh, <laughs> totally funny. not a part of this at all, which is nice. Um, I mean, look, if this was an American movie, you'd be waiting for that, yeah. and then it would never happen because it didn't happen. So it's it's incredible. I mean, these, this I mean, she's a child, but she it's an incredible performance by her and her twin. Um, so it's called like it's almost like little mama. Yeah. So she's seeing her mother as a little, little girl, girl. Ah. which is because then uh, what ends up happening is you find out that her grandmother had died like I think a year previously, mm. and then it's also leading up to this operation that she's about to have, which they don't explain what kind of operation, but it's something that her mother, so the grandmother had, but they're like hoping to avoid it by having this having her having wow having you know which of the female which generation so having that uh second gen whatever the mom the <laughs> oh mom, my gosh i know well I would, I would have to map it out and then i would have to use the code and i'm not going to do that so having the original mother have that operation young they're hoping to avoid uh what the grandmother then had for the rest of her life so it's it's a weird like very extremely parallel uh with just certain aspects that are you know they're different by a little bit but it's like oh wow you both just lost your grandmother and you're really trying to figure things out well maybe that's why the time connection happened because of all the parallels yeah so it's uh it was pretty incredible i mean it's definitely very sweet where is it where is it available to watch because in the movie theaters yeah mm -hmm. john he's always going to the movie theater look you you can't support cinema without going no it's it's admirable i'm i am very impressed yeah, so it's uh, it's incredibly sweet, um, and it's extremely well done. So it was good. Uh, it was it was quite good. You should definitely see it when you get a chance. I when you get a chance. I definitely like how uh, it reminds me of uh, the story or the conceit that I've read in the last couple of years that uh, when a woman is pregnant with her daughter, her daughter has every egg that she'll ever have in her life inside mm, of her. So it's mm-hmm. three generations simultaneously in a single person. So this movie like kind of represents oh, all those outwardly. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah, I no, always love that. And no one's going to reference the Russian doll, Matryoshka doll. At, I at don't. It, it's so oh, funny when my. he started to say that. I was like, oh, gee, because I didn't talk about Russian Doll on the podcast. I talked about it on the Patreon. Yeah. Because it goes bananas. And one of the things that Ed was just talking about sort of happens in the end of Russian Doll this second season. So that's very funny that I was like, I was like, ooh, I'm hearing a Russian Doll thing here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was great. I loved it. Um, Someone else can talk now. Now, uh, okay, uh, I watched something that was very much outside of my normal, like, taste. Your normal scope of Yeah, my normal scope or what my taste. It's not necessarily true crime, it's a documentary, and true crime is not normally my jam, but it's called Captive Audience on Hulu. The reason why I was intrigued by it is because of the movie of the week that was called I Know My Name is Steven, and it was like 40 million people watched it, I think, in the 90s. I remember it so clearly, yeah. We watched Mm -hmm. it. So this is sort of now the documentary, the true story, and there's a twist in it that (laughs) I swear you're like, this poor family. So, you know, it's the story of a seven-year-old that goes missing for seven years. His name is Steven Stainer. And even that at one point, like, took my breath away because my son's exact same age is when he came back. Right, because he comes back at 14. Right. Mm-hmm. And he disappeared off the face of the earth at seven. And really, you know, when he comes back at 14, it's like the time gap. And as a parent, you're just like, 
it's a completely different person. So that in itself, I just thought, gosh, you missed all those years and sort of what happened with the family, what psychologically, you know, they all went through. Well, and what he went through, the trauma of. Right. And at first he didn't want to admit or talk about the family also did not. The father did not believe in therapy. And what they did was interesting with this documentary. They had the audio tapes of the director's notes talking about how he was going to do the movie. Oh, when they were making the movie of right. the week. And so That's they would kind of contrast the content from the movie up against documentary footage and now the first, you know, hand accounts from the family how this was wrong or this was right or this is what really happened and you know how maybe the director had to sensationalize this part or make the mother like, you know, they felt like she wasn't as sympathetic as she should have been. And so mm-hmm. all these elements of it. And you, know, his life, I highly recommend watching it. I don't want to blow anything because there are some twists and turns in it. You're just like, oh my God, really? So sort of his life story, which is a tragedy, and then part three, a parallel story, his brother Carrie. And what happens to his brother Carrie is just, you question what the psychological trauma was that took place uh, basically in his childhood, his brother missing. He was the older brother. Yeah, it changed the whole dynamic of his life as well, for sure. And not only that, but then, you know, the attention his brother got when he came back. And so what happens with Carrie is a twist that, holy crap. I, I just, this is one of those things where you go, what could one family be put through? So... I can't believe I'm watching because it's so not my jam. Who's still alive of the family? Well, like, is everyone well, alive? Well, that, that'll be spoil alerts. But, okay, you know, sorry. Um, the mom, there are quite a few family members that participate and are interviewed. And it's... Were very, there any other siblings? Yeah, I think five kids, something crazy oh, wow. like that. Yeah. Okay. And I will say, oh my God, I'm not... <laughs> okay, the, when Steven Stainer went missing, the day he went missing, his mom was late to pick him up from school because she was running errands. And just the way the mom talked... And sort of like the reenactment they did of her, which I think might have been taken from the movie of the week. I was like, that is our mother. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, that kind of just had one of those like flashback moments of like, yeah, mom would be very late to pick you up from school sometime or not get you. And you're yeah, like, super right, discombobulated. Yeah. And I'm just going to walk home myself. And it's like, oh, Ooh, crap. Geez. And it's all against the backdrop of Yosemite, of where both Stevens and Carrie's stories start and end. It's very fascinating. This beautiful, pristine, you know, the Yosemite. And you just, it's crazy. It is fascinating. How many parts is it? I think it's only three parts, three mm-hmm. chapters. They three said. chapters. And I, so a three-part documentary. Yeah, and I like, I'm like watching at the end of the night, which is probably not. Oh, a good that's idea. a terrible idea. It's not good, but I highly recommend it. Captive audience on Hulu. So it's a TV miniseries, and like I said, there's some twists in it that you're just like, whoa. Well, at least you didn't try to time out watching this with like Ethan going to camp or something. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> don't lie, <Yikers>. you. <laughs> no, no, Yikes. no, 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 and. I mean, he originally disappeared in 1972, and just back then, just trying to get the word out, you know. Yeah, there wasn't infrastructure, just, it just, really. It was to, yeah. very different. And then, obviously, when he was found, actually, he was not found. I don't want to spoil it, but he sort of saved himself and another boy. It's it's pretty incredible. Right. I mean, I know that element of the story, because right. whether it was I don't know a if true you... adaptation or not, I did see the movie of the week. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering if I bet they were smart. I will say this, that um, Hulu would be smart if they were also at the, the old school movie of the week available. Oh, yeah. I wonder who has the rights for that. Somebody does, probably. Oh, you know another element they they do on it that's really cool? Um, they have some of the actors, the guy that played Steven, the person that played Carrie, possibly the dad, I can't remember, come and sort of read the lines. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and just, you know, whoa, God, that, I look at that differently now or because I know this, that makes a lot more sense the way he said it. You know, it's very oh. fascinating. It's that, that way, too. And I love at one moment there's this reporter who was on the beat and, da -da -da, and she's like, hi, I'm reporter so-and-so. And the director of the documentary basically says, you can just talk like casual normal. Yeah. <laughs> she's just trying to say, like, hey, you know, you don't have to. Because, you know, and, and the filmmaker is Jessica. Demock, I think, is her name. And so, love giving female shout outs to the director. Mm -hmm. And so, I just, it was, I, I highly recommend it. Three episodes or chapters, as they said, on Hulu. And it's called The Captive Audience. And it's really the story of Steven Stainer. And I, the one other thing I'm watching, and I'm almost done, just so I'll bring it up, is. Uh, and if you, sorry to interject, if you want to go track down, I'm, I'm seeing it for sale on, on oh, Amazon. For sale. Like everything is oh, for sale on Amazon. Um, I know my first name is Stephen. It's oh. the original 1981 two-episode series. It was 1981? 89, sorry. 1989. Wait, the film was in 1989? Yeah. Yeah, the movie of the week. The movie of the week came out in 1989. Okay, got it. Okay. So, heavily 80s vibe. Yeah, that's fine, because when you yeah. first, when you were saying... 81. No. 81, I was like, there's no way we're oh, allowed yeah. to watch that. Yeah, no. We would have been way too young, and we would not have been like 89, yeah, okay. But they said 40 million people watched the two-part movie. Yeah, that's that, in, that's I mean, a, that was back in the day when what everybody watched you the had? same stuff seven, a lot. No, seven yeah. nominations for primetime Emmys and two wins. Oh, wow. So, yes. Yeah, so, Hulu, captive audience, highly recommend it. If, you know, you can handle it. If you time. can handle it. Yeah. You can handle it. So, the other thing, you know, to cleanse my palate, you'll see what I'm going to do here. Top Chef Woo. on Bravo. Okay. I am a huge fan. Yes, John. We have been, I, I hadn't noticed uh, that it has all of a sudden become part of our repertoire. Well, yes, but I've always watched it and it's something that my son, Ethan, <laughs> it drives him crazy when I went to show with food and it's like, oh, it's making me hungry. What are you doing to me? It's like, okay. Well, and he is now a genius cook, so. Oh, that's a whole other topic I can't get into. <laughs> this is the 19th season, and wow. I actually think I've watched every season. This is taking place in Houston. I don't know if they've actually... They sometimes end up in some foreign, you know, non-U.S. place for maybe the finale. But it's usually a U.S. city they pick, and they highlight the regional foods and the cultures from it. So it's Houston. And the cast is pretty amazing, and the food's been really good this season. It's Padma. Tom and Gail are the typical hosts, and then they'll bring all these guest hosts in. And so they're down to the finale. It's just, it's, I, you know, had my own catering company a lifetime ago. And the first season or two, and I, th I think the second season, one of my friends who was involved in television production asked if I wanted to try out for it. And I was like, these quick fires they do and stuff like that. Was, no <laughs> recipes. I was like, this is not my jam. So it's very impressive what they do. It's taken, you know, it, James Beard winners, restaurants, sous chefs. 
there's a guy that's there from really what was considered one of the top restaurants in the world. But because it was so meticulous, the restaurant he was involved with, which was Noma from Copenhagen. Oh, my God. I saw a documentary about that. No, not a documentary. An episode of Anthony Bourdain when yes. he went there. That's yeah. how I know about Noma. And it's gone. It, it's, it closed itself. Oh, oh I didn't know I got that. FOMO Noma. Uh, <laughs> Noma. And um, so, but he actually struggled more so than others. And you would have thought it would have been easy peasy for him. But it just, it's, I love the personalities. You end up rooting for people. I'm rooting for Evelyn, I think. I think she carries her house like Nick. So, uh, like I said, cleansing the palate. A lot of times I'll be watching the Steven Stainer on Hulu. And then I'm like, oh, bravo. Because I'm a bravaholic. That's because, I mean, I'm not. I don't think we can handle going into the Real Housewives on this, <laughs> this episode <laughs> on, on our show here. Because I didn't, no one else has watched watch the Housewives here, no. right? Yeah. I'm aware of a lot of stuff, but I don't watch it. Right. But I watch a lot of bravo. I'm, they're like married, right? And they have houses? <laughs> not, well, actually, not all of them. Oh, That's oh so so, interesting. sometimes they Spoiler. don't have a house, or sometimes they're not married. Yes. Uh, not to get us back on track, but Carla Hall, who is now a judge on all kinds of uh, cooking shows, yes. she was originally a top chef. Wow. Yes. I will say, through the process, you may end up winning even if you didn't win. Right. Yeah. If you're one of those personalities that yeah. really comes out of it, you might turn into a celebrity chef. Or, you know, Bravo will take you on and you will end up being one of their personalities that's peppered through this show, Chopped or, you know, the best thing I ever ate. So, because yeah. we as fans start to recognize you again and again. I mean, and Padma, you know, I'm sorry, Packy and I and Gal. I mean, it's, it's like, and Tom Kulikio is awesome and Gail Simmons. So, you know, it's, it, I always say, you know, if you like food, food competition, it's really the best of the best, in my opinion, because they take themselves very seriously. It's real food. There's no real gimmicks. Like, is that a cake? Okay. <laughs> I have I have a, a thing that probably can't happen, but I have a, a question for you as a fan. Mm. Would you appreciate Gordon Ramsay on the show? I actually... And like as a contestant, like actually having to do it. <laughs> that would be fascinating. They have done episodes of where they bring in true professionals, world famous chefs. Top chef masters. Top chef masters. I actually cried. One of the winners, the top chef masters, was a previous contestant on Top Chef. Nice. And oh. talk about a full, you know, evolution. Oh, actually, was he all stars? Because he's in Top oh, Chef. Oh, I might. I'm sorry. And are you talking about Richard Blaze? He's my favorite. So he won all stars. But there is a Masters as well, which are true Masters. And so Gordon Ramsay would have been a Master. I don't actually know if he's ever been on because Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, he's hired into the Fox Family yeah. show, so that feels like it couldn't happen. Probably not for that reason. But Anthony Bourdain, for example, who was not on a Bravo show and, you know, was considered sort of the bad boy, right? Uh, he was a guest on it uh, quite a few times. Hmm. I just watched the documentary about him. I don't know if I talked about it here on this podcast. I called The Roadrunner. So. No, I don't think so. Oh. <sighs> that is just heartbreaking. Oh, no. It is just... I mean, it is It's uh, so sad. And you just go... Damn it. I mean, it makes you angry. Like, you're supposed to be here. So I've always loved chefs. I worked in restaurants in my previous life. I had my own catering company. I went to cooking school. It is such a grind. And you have to stay in it to be current and be knowledgeable. So 
ironically, John, you brought it up. My son just did a project at school when it was called the Genius Hour, which it took a hell of a lot more than one hour for him to become a genius, and he's still not one of this. <laughs> but he did cooking, and he did like five recipes, and you know, it just took over our kitchen. Because you know, it is a life skill that you should learn to cook and there are basic rules of it that if you follow you can kind of put meals together I can't, I can't tell you how much I benefited in my entire life from having worked at the rib ranch I yeah. worked at the rib ranch I learned how things yeah. I got mm-hmm. yeah. stuff set back <laughs> you know yeah. mm-hmm. you learn oh yeah uh, that didn't do that well let me I wouldn't eat that okay You're, oh yes 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 so um so I you know I've always had a big appreciation because it's such hard work and to stay current, to make a restaurant work, I mean, I never got into that field because holy moly, that can destroy people. And that's another thing. They'll have a lot of these top chefs on who are like either just launched a business or failed a business or want to have a business. And and they wear their heart on their sleeves and they're just literally sweating blood, sweat and tears to make this happen. And so Anthony Bourdain, you know, coming on the Top Chef show was always so fun because people really admired him. And so I highly recommend that documentary too. It's called Roadrunner. It's on Hulu. It is fantastic. Now, if you watched his other shows, which I did, then it will mean sort of more to you. But yeah. he's such a f- he was really an American icon. Yeah, in my we opinion. still record it. I mean, Eric is a big fan, so yeah. uh, it just is always on the DVR. But yeah, yeah parts unknown and no reservations. It's like those are just such great. Yeah, television mostly shows. the parts unknown. The, the later like one. Those shows still have such good resonance because him as the character in the show had depth that we didn't know we found out it was not okay on its own but like the entire time he's doing that series that's going on inside him he's like he's going to those places and experiencing those things and that's showing up on camera that may be why everyone really got him well there yes. was, it wasn't a performance no he was very authentic himself yeah. if things were irritating him you knew it you know if something was uncomfortable you knew it if he was enjoying something you knew it i mean there are moments on those shows that if you it's that old saying if you got a laugh or smile out of him it was like winning the lottery because mm-hmm. if he felt comfortable around you i mean i could do a whole thing about him he's someone i have just always just extremely admired. I mean, like I sobbed at one point during the road runner. I was like, fuck, like you gotta be kidding me. You're not here. Like this is ridiculous. So like I said, it all kind of relates back to the top chef. I'll watch most shows or competition cook shows, but that is the one that I really hold the, I actually (laughs) circling back. I went to Gordon Ramsay's, you know, Hell's Kitchen. Oh my God. Sat in the audience and I never got dessert. So, <laughs> son of a bitch. And our, one of our table, you know, it basically guests said, back is lamb chops. And I was like, Ooh. oh, God, you're going to get this person so much trouble. So, you know, but I, but it doesn't get that serious on Top Chef, but the stakes are high because it really can change your life in various different ways. And it's, they're getting right down to the season finale. So go, you can, I think on bravo.com, you can catch up on past episodes and it's well worth it. So uh, I will wrap me up. Uh, so I watched on Hulu, um, The Captive Audience, and Top Chef on Bravo, and highly also recommend Roadrunner, which is the Anthony Bourdain documentary, which is available on Hulu. All right. Uh, and I'll just uh, dive in with, I watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> Thank you. Know. you. <laughs> which, where was that right now? Uh, Shit's Creek is on Netflix. Okay. And then I, I watched Petite Maman in the theater. Yeah, good job. Uh, I watched Slow Horses, and so did John, on Apple TV+. Plus. 
and also all the old knives on Amazon Prime Video. I actually forgot to mention that after watching all the old knives, I then decided that I finally needed to watch Knives Out, which was very fun. <gasps> it's great. And so, the second one's coming out, or him as the character will have another possible however much i thought those characters. two movies related i was like i know they're not related though, no right? they are not related but it was very funny to be like all the old knives i think knives i need out. to finally watch knives out how did i not ever watch it that's how you do movies that uh, is between two and 20 years after they come like, out like what oh i missed it uh, you're, I can still you're watch sharpening it. your skills now does anyone need the update on Knox Box. Yes. Yes. Oh, wrap that back up. Or really, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. The company is still going. Uh, n- not going like normal companies because it's a, you know, whatever. Knox Gelatin Factory that got bought by Lipton in 1972 uh, started by Charles B. Knox oh. in New York. In New York. And then New Jersey, but <sighs> uh, main it. factory in New York. He, uh, maybe just a businessman, not a scientist, but, uh, you know, after watching his wife make gelatin in their kitchen, because it was, you know, all this turn of the century, um, because we're talking about back then, innovation of like, wait, you're doing this in your kitchen. What if we did this in the factory and sold it to people? Right. Sounds you don't great. have to do bread. it by yourself. We um, could make a machine that would slice it. It'll be a wonder bread. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but he died 10 years later. And then Rose Knox, his wife, became an infamous New York businesswoman and did a fantastic job for 40 years running it. Wow, good for okay. her. Is their horses... <laughs> What's it made out of? <laughs> That, that's what the chicken answer. <laughs> that that's not a question. That's gelatin is from that. Gelatin oh. is horse hooves. It, it is what? It well, is, that's why there's what? vegetarian versions yeah. or vegan versions of whatever, gelatin. Whatever the same thing that human beings and hair and fingernails grow like out. Collagen that's that, or, yeah, that's yeah, all that is. It is. It's just a giant fingernail on their foot. So cut that off. Make some gel. In fact, we could make our own gelatin with our own fingernails. Oh. Oh. Like not God. Okay. Are we coming up with a cooking show right now? (laughs) What can you make with your own stuff? Now the real question is because we talked about the Jello cake on our other podcast, Family Dynamics. Do you still want to make the Jello cake? I mean, with the vegan version of Jello. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I didn't think this was a question, so that's why I didn't care. Uh, But just to ruin your life more, you know, it's also in uh, you know gummies, marshmallows. Some ice cream and some yogurt. So, sorry. I just fainted. (laughs) Whatever. Collagen, the newest thing. I don't know where it's from, but it used to be from... I'm pretty sure collagen is the reason why you can pull chicken off of a grill. Because it actually separates the skin meat. It, oh, that, God. This I'm is just scary. saying. It's science. Oh just God. calm down. It's a word. Chill oh, out. Literally, ch- chill oh. out like a jello. <laughs> All right. On this note, let's wrap it <gasps> That up. was a real weird gelatin side note on what hey, we're watching. Hey, you want to sponsor us? Yeah. <laughs> what we're watching has nothing to do with gelatin. <laughs> Calling out to Knox Blocks. <laughs> Knox Gelatin. Give us a call. We're available. Because apparently Lift we're... We know what's up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening to What, what We're Watching. We're watching. <laughs> yeah. And uh, definitely, we would appreciate you giving us a rating of five stars, please, and recommend to family and friends. And you can follow us on all of our social media at Podcast Watching. We also have a Patreon where we talk about shows that we maybe don't That's like. why we should have talked about Knox Blocks. Well, <laughs> I think we've really exhausted the Knox Blocks topic, uh, yeah. so we're good on that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening to 
what, what we are watching. watching.